What's up? Before we start, I got to tell you. So Emil and I have been playing City Skylines. Do you know this game? It's like Sim City, <laughs> but more complex cool. now. And um, he wanted to get the Natural Disasters pack so that we could do. And um, so we play, and I've got the, the microphone here at the edge of my uh, desk. And he wants to just always look around and, like, follow the cars around of the people. And, and then he will, like, while I'm, like, doing something, he'll then take the microphone and go, this is NPR News. There's a tornado go and he will like, or he'll, he will like narrate what's happening in the game. And it is so freaking adorable. Oh my like God. it's really, t- I need to just like put a camera here and just get it so I can capture it. It is completely nerdy and adorable. And he's like, he's like, why are you laughing at me? Hello and welcome to the 551 Podcast. My name is Wes Berdine. I am joined by the full crew. I've got Corey Schreppel, Mark Fangmeyer, Rodrigo Sanchez Chavaria uh, back on the Zoom. Uh, Corey, you're you're fresh off your PA trip. We we were uh, ships passing in the night. How was Pennsylvania? Mm-hmm. Uh, it was about what I expected. Um, you know, I picked up some of the the usual the usual suspects of culinary delights from Central PA, some Yangling and some particular barbecue potato chips and some snacks and stuff, and uh, you know, something to keep me busy on the fourteen hour drive. I was not drinking beer on the fourteen hour drive. <laughs> Wait, so that means that next week when we record together, yep. it's just going to be a one big Yangling party, right? Oh yeah, and they're the they're the the rare tall boy Yangling cans that I found at a distributor. I, I accidentally oh, wow. left my tall boy yinglings uh, at my brother's place. So, uh, well, welcome back uh, the, to Thank the you. others. You've you've been here the whole time, keeping us company. Listeners, welcome back from wherever the hell you've been. Uh, we are going to talk about two games from Minnesota United. We've got LAFC a draw. We've got Vancouver Whitecaps a draw. We've got some questions, but first we've got the good, the bad, and the weird. Uh, the good is for the second time in one summer, Minnesota, the United States men's national team beat Mexico in a cup final. This was the Gold Cup, one nothing. Um, this means uh, Jackson Ewell, who wrote this note. One of you gets that to was tell me. this joke. Okay, you tell this joke then. Um, with this win, Jackson Ewell has now officially won more international trophies than the English men's national team in their entire history. Oh, did you tweet that out? Please do that. No, so, I saw a tweet oh, that said it actually. Oh, I stole the okay. content. From oh, oh, my God. See, We're not good gonna... artists borrow. Great artists uh, steal. Yeah. Exactly. And copy them into their podcast. Uh, yep. Yeah, so this was uh, it was an absolutely frenetic game. It was not the batshit crazy cup final like the last time. This one um, felt just crazy on the pitch. Um, but then in the end, Miles Robinson gets the goal. Um, the United States wins. Uh, I, I thought it was great to watch Salcedo came in as a sub and then was subbed off. He was absolute garbage. Um, yeah, it was it was a it was an interesting match to watch. Uh, not exactly the the highest quality, but and anyone have any comments? It about was. This? I was watching it at a at a hotel room outside of Cleveland. On my phone because I didn't have uh, was it on FS1? I didn't have it on the on the TV there, so just you know, 
Um, I thought the kids looked great. I thought they, they're, I mean, they're not kids, but um, it really proved our depth. I thought Kellen Acosta was a machine and totally solidified his presence in as like the deputy to Tyler Adams. I could, you could even argue that he should be a starter in some, some of those matches. Easy, easy, um, easy. He, he's been much better, but like, remember like a year ago, he was not very good. So. Yeah, but you know when you give him the role and yep. he's got consistency and he's played all of these matches, I think it, it, it's it's good for our depth and I think our depth is the the ceiling is a lot higher now. Um, and he, he it's was great. man of the match and he also is a, a master of Concacaf shithousery. So oh my god, that, that it's unique, brilliant. So, but um, Turner, that yep. goalkeeper, yeah. I thought he That's, was the MVP to tell you the yeah. truth. I mean, Kellen Acosta got the ball on there and he was, you know, pinpointing. But without Matt Turner diving everywhere and saving every ball that he could, there's no way that, you know, that that, that makes it on there. Which there's, there's an argument fu- for him being for being the number right. one. But this is this is this is they win two cups against Mexico with two different keepers, correct? Yeah. yeah Ethan yeah, Horvath te- technically was three. No, three. Well, yeah, yeah, I mean, I mean, three. I. Because didn't Hardback come on for an injured? So we had yeah. Three. Stefan went down. Stefan went down right, in yeah. the final, and then he came on. Am I correct, or was that the yes. best? Oh, you're, you're, you're correct. You're correct. It was, it was seven. It was seven tournaments ago. Like so. the thing that I like is that I I love that you know everyone talks about the the dosacero between uh, U.S. versus Mexico, and none of those score lines were there. But if you zoom out to a macro mm-hmm. level, it is dosacero U.S. Two trophies in one summer. Uh, West West loved that uh, tweet from Josie Altador when he used Babblefish wrong, apparently, or or maybe on purpose about winning winning two cups in the same year. And explain the joke. Yeah, explain the tweet. Um, I he pretty much just just uh, wrote that you know we've won uh, two two trophies in in this year and this year, but he did it in Spanish because I'm assuming he wanted to. Troll make a point that he can use babblefish, but apparently, um, and and West believes that he did this on purpose. Um, if if there's a difference between año and ano, like año means year, ano is that hole on your butt where all the poop comes out of. So. I because I don't think because it was kind of in broken. And again, you are you you are at the actual native Spanish speaker, but I read it as him doing like him making this joke about um not writing a full sentence here and then putting anno there and like purposely because he put a, an emoji after that and i thought he was trying to make a joke um about them being asses or i don't know so but but maybe i mean it's also plausible that he just simply was drunk and uh and didn't put the well he's like i'm not i'm not pressing and holding yeah, to yeah, get the, the right character i'm too lazy <laughs> Whatever comes out comes out. Yeah, the same thing with Anno. <laughs> that's the, that's a um, metaphor. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Literally and figuratively. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. That's why I placed it there. Anyway, three hours later or something like that, the U.S. women uh, went on to play a semifinal to get into the Olympic uh, gold medal match. They lost to Canada one nothing. First time they've lost to Canada in twenty years. Um, so now they'll be in the bronze medal match. I did not wake up early to watch this because. Um, I just have I have to watch kids in the morning, so I I can't I can't stay up wake up at three thirty in the morning and not hate my life. But uh, Mark, did you watch it? 
I uh, well, I recorded it, so I watched like half this morning, the other half this afternoon, and avoided all social media in the in between times. But um, yeah, it was it sucked. Like just because I mean, the entire tournament, the um, the women's national team has just had a hard time scoring. Like they were only able to put up goals against New Zealand, pretty much, and like everything else was just came really, really hard as far as scoring goes. And this was much of the same. Like the the crappy part is that, like, I mean, Canada, they, were, they had one shot on goal the entire match, and it was the winning PK. Like, prior to that, they had one shot that was not on goal in the first half. So they had two shots total for the entire match, one on goal. It was a PK. The PK came completely against the run of play. Um, that I think that was, like, the first time they even had the ball in the U, um, in the U.S.'s third, like, uh, defensive third, the entire second half. Like, it was just bizarre. And then... In, it was just disappointing afterwards, especially like once they really started to press and they switched to, um, you know, uh, uh, three defenders in the back line and pushing forward, trying to get a goal. And they had some good chances. I mean, Carly Lloyd had a very good header off the crossbar. Um, there were some other good chances, but it just seemed like there was just something off about our attack and it just didn't work. And um, the whole tournament that just seemed like they were just not connecting well and weren't working well together. And there's just something off about the team that was, very, very different from the uh, squad that we saw at the World Cup in 2019. I mean, winning winning gold is fun, but like winning world championships and World Cups are, I think, slightly better. So hopefully, you know, they'll tweak it and go younger and, and give the young kids an opportunity to take over. I thought just this whole tournament, like you said, it's like they've not been in sync at all, right? And I think more, more ninety-eight degrees, basically. Oh yeah, <laughs> definitely not Backstreet Boys. They weren't yeah, quite there yet. No, 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 they were, they were, they were yeah, third yeah. rate. They were definitely not back. They were Maybe what was the group that sang "All for um, um, I Swear"? All for one. All for one. Is that them? Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. A, yeah. More, more at that level. Um. Well, let's uh, let's do the weird, which is that in the celebration after the U.S. Uh, men's win, um, uh, um, Reggie, it was this Reggie Cannon video that he was he put on uh, TikTok. One of the kids. Uh, no, perhaps. he went and it's, Reggie Cannon went live on Instagram, and uh, he, and 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 in it, like he is going towards Busio, saying screaming Venezia, 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 when like. They're still in talks, so he's like pretty much um, dropping the news and dropping the G- news that Giancarlo that... Busio Busio turns around to him. He goes, "Shut up, man! Shut up! Shut up!" Hey, if anyone wants to, a hey, hey, uh, Reggie just bought a, a new house in, in in Dallas. If anyone, if, if if you want the address, DM me right now. <laughs> yeah, so they're they're um, snitching on they're each, trolling other. each other, yeah. and then of course there's the video of all of them, including the underage kids at the club in in Las Vegas afterwards. Which, and they're all kind of. I mean, I, I guess you could say the word dancing, but it's more like gently, rhythmically moving in the center of the room. It's, uh, I mean, good for them. Yeah, you can celebrate okay. however you want. And I mean, when you win, you can do whatever you want. Yeah. And other weird news too is that you got uh, uh, our favorite uh, Real Salt Lake goalkeeper was actually asking for a request to be part of the Mexican national team. Yeah, so. to do a switch. David Ochoa um, making that change. Uh, I mean, 
uh, I don't follow the Mexican national team uh, at all, other than when we beat them. And uh, and someone pointed out that like everyone in the pool of the the Mexican national team for for goalkeepers is like over the age thirty four. So yeah, absolutely go go to Mexico and play if that's where you're going to get time. And also that way I can boo you more. So. <laughs> Haha, there's, you, there's zero reason for us to ever cheer for you ever again and it's gonna be great and he's not gonna and he's not gonna break into the u.s men's national team i think that was that was clear after this last round yeah so. i mean you got stefan you got turner i mean i mean i think he was already actually on the mexican national team as a double agent and that's why he i mean we aren't in the, oh that's why the he Olympics. threw the match yeah that's why he threw the match yeah God damn it, Ochoa. Ochoa! All right, comrades, let's talk about Minnesota United. They had two draws this week. One was a draw that felt like a win or a lucky thing. I don't know. The other was a draw that definitely felt like... um, like I, I I don't know like like a punch to the balls waking up next to uh, realizing you're spooning a big fish or something like that I don't know there's uh, there's yeah yeah give me a look mm. like that Corey yeah I wouldn't I, I wouldn't wasn't expecting big fish but it's not not accurate it just felt I, what I was thinking is uh, coming like having a real surprise of of terribleness. Um, let's start before that with a little bit of news, which is just uh, that Fragapane, Frank Payne, is out for four to five weeks. I assume that this is actually um, Fragapane as Frank Payne going out on a, a secret covert mission. And these are just rumors, too. Like we, The club actually hasn't confirmed any of this. He, he was um, on the road trip because it was in their Instagram photo dump and he was sipping mate, but um, yeah, we but, don't, I, I, I can't imagine we're going to find out you know, in this week, what, what the injury is, if there's anything. And even if it says four to five weeks, that four to five weeks was starting like a week and a half ago. So it's who knows how many weeks he's going to be. He could be out for two more. He could be out for three or four more. We don't know. Um, and then uh, Ramon Avila, um, the rumor is that he's already departed the team and, and his loan has been terminated. He certainly was not taken on the uh the trip for for these two away games even though he was fit and um adrian heath described it as him these were going to be defensive games and that wasn't what he brings um i don't what know was it that 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 like in in heath's quote it was i forget the number of players he said was coming and they, and they actually only took one they took one less than the total number that he said was going yeah, i think he said we could only take 20 and then but they brought Brock they brought Broxall and Fragapane who were both injured i think it was just like <laughs> ooh actually we need to bring the extra intern on this trip uh, we we just promised him he really wanted to go to to salt lake city um, so sorry, we can't bring you. It's actually, it's actually uh, Tommy Chacon sit, sitting on top of Fragapane's shoulders in a trench coat, wearing the bucket cap, yeah. pretending to be Ramon Abila. <laughs> well, they tried to do it and then tried to also get Abila, but it's like, oh, no, these guys count as two people because they, they opened the trench coat. TSA, oh, is, yeah. TSA is really rigorous these days. Yeah, so <laughs> <laughs> anyway, Wanchope is uh, going to be another good remember that guy uh, entry in that game. Um, should we do some watches here? Yeah. If we, I mean, we don't really have any. Do you, uh, no, 
So hold They're on. Basically, do you want me to pause this so that you can talk to Rodrigo so you know how to pronounce this guy's name? Um, is, is it? Do you want me to pause it? Arelo? Yeah. How do you pronounce his name? Um, let's see. I could have paused it now. Orihuela, Orihuela, right? Orihuela, Orihuela. Yeah. I'm, I'm not editing this out, by the way. <laughs> I gave you the opportunity to do this in secret and be smarter, oh. but that's, I thought if you said you, we were you doing. If you show your vulnerability, you demonstrate yeah. to our audience that we're all right developing so, as a team. So or, his first name is Renzo. Renzo Orihuela. Right, Renzo so, Orihuela. Orihuela Watch is is on. Tell us about this, Mark. Um, in that it's not really on. I made it up. Okay. Uh, basically, uh, MLS News Twitter account said um, an unnamed Uruguayan youth international center back is being offered to MLS teams per source. A deal could be done in the coming days before the secondary transfer window closes on August 5th. So me doing my lazy research just went on transfer market and looked up the um, Uruguayan uh, uh, U20 team and found their highest rated center back is Renzo Ariwea. And I... <laughs> if you say it with you. gusto, it'll work. Perfect. Yeah, <laughs> did it. And Fol- he's the folks, highest rated. Folks on the, on the audio medium that is our podcast listeners, he is using big, big hand gestures like yes. a la Ibsen. Like it's... I, I really went th- I really went for it, guys. Yeah. yeah. Uh, anyways, he's currently um, signed with uh, Montevideo City, and he is on loan to Club Nacional. Uh, they are both in the first tier of Uruguay's um, professional uh, leagues, and his contract ends in December. So now would be a good time to trade him if they want to get any sort of a transfer fee for him, and that makes sense. So maybe we're getting a 20-year-old center back, but probably not. Um, it's, uh, it's Montevideo. By the way, I wow. I really love. <laughs> we're just gonna pile on you. Um, I, I I love that you actually literally just created that out of your ass. So congratulations! Yeah. I, and I'm even better is the tweet from at reporting MLS, an unnamed Uruguayan youth international center back is being offered to MLS teams. So we don't know who. All the literally the only fact is that there is a Uruguayan center back being offered to teams of twenty eight teams, and it's like okay, like that could or could not be true anyway. Yeah, um, and so and I mean, he's so I mean basically it's like a fifty fifty chance that he'll be signed by um, Thursday. So we'll find out. Um, we've got Shakon watch. Did he score? Yeah, he scored in the second half against um, Montevideo City, actually. Uh, Montevideo City, Torque, against, uh, he scored the second half, the third goal. Um, and actually, it wasn't bad. It was it was like a, a volley type of thing that went after post and went back and went in. So it was actually um, it was a nice little goal and I was happy to see him celebrate it. All right, so, congratulations, Tommy Chacon. Um and uh, we're we're also moving Ramirez. Watch is a, is a thing now. Um, I don't know if we're ever going to sign him again. He definitely wants to be signed here, but he uh, he scored in his SPFL debut with a header, which uh, he's not scored that many headers in his life in um, Aberdeen's win. Um, and then uh, at MN United FC Loons, uh, which is United Loons, they they tweeted this out, which I think is great. They said, from my understanding, Superman has now scored in his USL 
pro debut, his USL playoff debut, his Open Cup debut, his Minnesota United debut, his Minnesota United debut in MLS, his first LAFC start, he scored two, um, his MLS uh, playoff debut, his U.S. men's national team debut, his Houston debut, his Europa Conference League debut, and his uh, Scottish Premier League debut. The man starts strong. Doesn't always um, keep keep it up, but I mean, man, I hope that he keeps it up. I love that maybe, how much the Aberdeen have, fans love him. Maybe having the 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 European pedigree now, Heath will actually bring him back. He won't be here by the time Christian comes back. And next year, I think he someone could bring him yeah. back, but who knows? Yeah. I mean, we we can all dream about what the future would be like. All right. Well, that's Ramirez. Watch. He's um, you know, it's it's kind of a bummer that the Paramount Plus picked up um, uh, the Scottish Premier League, but um, they're only playing one game a week. And yeah, it's the same garbage as ESPN Plus owning it. Like they're like play like one or two matches a week, and it's just Celtics or Rangers, and like. No, it's actually that, not. That, it was, it was Motherwell, like an and international. Motherwell and Hibs last weekend, and this weekend it's not Celtic or and Rangers as well. So it feels like some weird, obscure international rights issue where no matter who has it in the U.S., you still got the dumb. You get one match per week. Yeah, well, we can watch Argentinian league all day long, and uh, so I Our think we still overfloweth. I think we still have it better than uh, British fans. All right, let's talk about. These two games, we've got a lot to go through, so I, I guess we're going to kind of go through the, the high-end stuff. We um, we lost Chase Gasper in this LAFC game, right? And I, I can't tell games anymore. There's literally been – I was at the bar for games almost every night this week, so I'm, I'm kind of dead. Um, we And anything else notable about this lineup that, that we want to bring up for, for LAFC? We had, it was the 4-3-3 lineup with Dotson, Hayes, and Trapp in the, the center – of the pitch Finley made, uh, I think his first start of the season, right? I mean, he hasn't played that much. Um, it was ended two two. So, uh, t- take me through this. What, what stood out to you? It's a podcast. You're supposed to talk on it's a, it's a, it's a oral medium guys where, where, um, I ask a question. We, we call that in the, in the biz, we call that a pregnant pause. Mm, yeah, who got you are there? way, and we were well past our due date. <laughs> I, I, I got, I, I got we were, you pregnant. We were, we were on at that forty-two one. weeks in that. Yeah, one. <laughs> yeah. All right, what well, stood out to you on that? Well, the fact that you know, like, I knew it was a uh, in in the in the mid week kind of game, and so like I was wondering what LAFC was going to do, but I wasn't too surprised that um, Raheem Edwards got 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 to play. So and we got to see him play and. Um, this game, we always start out somewhat fast. And I think one of the things that I, I did appreciate was that uh, the Lewins were trying to kind of copy the 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 high press um, that LAFC is known for, known for doing. So a lot of it was trying to figure out who was going to press faster and who was going to be able to, to get to the ball sooner or get out of that pressure faster. And it was a very seesaw kind of thing for a while. Um, we created chances and, and, and they created chances, but overall it, we, we kind of like understood that we were, we were going to be going on the counter mostly with this formation. So, 
Um, the, the most notable part about the game was that there was just one woman on the mic going, Dale, 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 LAFC. Um, just right on it, just tone deaf. It was great. Rewatching it again tonight, it was like, ooh, really? At the, when we I watched can, it at the uh, bar, we couldn't hear it. So give me, give me, give me some time codes of that. Maybe I'll isolate it. We'll make it a ringtone for the, uh, for the show, for our Slack channel. I mean, dude. Go back and watch the highlights. It is every time, um, but early in the game. I'll, I'll find some stuff for you. And Perfect. actually, Amazing. I think I, when I was watching the actual like game, there was one shot where there you could actually see the woman on camera in front of the microphone and like <laughs> yelling. Like there, There's like visual confirmation oh. of her being right next to the mic just yelling into it. Like I forget where, what time it was during the match, but like she actually showed up on camera as well. Um, but no, I mean, but for me though, like this match, one thing that was nice is that it seemed like uh, we didn't have very many shots, but the shots that we did have were very good shots. Like, I mean, typically we've gone like, you know, one out of every five shots for us most of the season was on goal. Uh, In this match, we had seven shots and five were on goal, which was great. Like we were actually taking, like, we didn't, like, you could tell we were kind of sitting back and playing a bit more defensive. But the opportunities we did get were good opportunities, and we actually kind of put them on frame and actually made something of them as opposed to just putting them high or wide. So I, that's one thing that I was happy about on this match. What's the what's what do you think is the reason for that? Because it's like I I watched some of the extended highlights because I was on the East Coast and this was on it well past Corey's bedtime, but it was it just it just felt like we were taking shots when we got sight of goal rather than trying to do this thing that we've been doing for the last couple of weeks, which is craft the perfect goal by taking the pro- like way too many touches to be able to get the prettiest thing. Instead, we we're just going, there's the goal. It's open. I'm ripping a shot and more of them were on, we're on target. Well, I, I do want to say, so th- this was a 1.83 expected goals versus 0.91. For us, so LFC um, had the dominant real chances. Our two goals were, pr- now, I, I won't say lucky because obviously these are really talented guys. Um, Reynoso gets the ball and he's falling over and he, he puts it in. I, I think I'm now convinced that he should never shoot. Like his problem was that he was trying to shoot standing up. Um, and then like, you get the the final goal, which is, uh, you know, Dotson just getting it. It's uh, helter skelter, and then he he bangs it into the back of the net. Um, I don't. I mean, I do think that they were a little bit better this time. I don't think they did anything in particular to be better. I think that they were extremely lucky in this game. And and for me, you know, we can go, we can talk about that offense. But for me, the the story of this game is the luck on the defense. I, I think that LAFC looked really gassed in this game. They they should have scored two goals in the last 10 minutes when Rossi barely missed wide of the net. And then um, there's one that right at the beginning of the pod before we recorded, I made sure to show you guys this. In the 87th minute, Minnesota United gives up the ball. Metnir's at the half. He's in, And he gives up the ball. And he starts walking back while Cifuentes runs to the box, and then he is free, and there's no one within three yards of him. He gets the ball and then, like, 
plays with himself. He makes a sandwich and he's like, oh, hey, I'm going to take a shot. And then finally Ozzy shows up and, and then the ball, um, then he, you know, gets saved. Um, so for me, the, it was just Minnesota United got extremely lucky here. I think Metonier has been not very good recently. And I, I want to talk about a few times in these two games where he just looked extremely uh, he just was not with it, and I don't think that we have another another any other options because now Chase Casper's out and DJ Taylor's moved to the left. Um, so our defense was was extremely lucky and and kind of bad, and our midfield I, I think as well. We were giving up the ball too much, but yeah, I mean I think too like. Sometimes when you're on the road, it's better to be lucky than good. And that was definitely this match. Like we, we didn't look good. Like, I mean, both of, like you said, both of our goals were like, they shouldn't have gone in, especially the, that last one, that last one. I mean, that cross from Greg Goose was great. And just out of desperation on a Hail Mary cross. And then to have uh, Dotson take it pretty much out of the air and volley it and put it in. Like it was the most like, you know, last play of the game, Hail Mary that you could ever do. And it just happened to work out. And, you know, kudos to us for being lucky and getting that. But yeah, that was, uh, and there's a reason why, I mean, I think the stat is that in the, like throughout um, LAFC's uh, uh, history in MLS, they've only lost five matches at home. And there's a reason why they're very good at home. And I mean, if we're going to sit in bunker and be a defensive team and then counter and just take, you know, whatever shots you get, it's better to be lucky than good sometimes. And I mean, this is the, I mean, it, I should say it's, it's not the second win. Like uh, it felt very much like our win when uh, Mason Toy had, or had two goals. Yeah. It, like it had that kind of same feel where it's just like, Oh wow. Like we didn't really deserve it, but that's kind of awesome that we got this and that it had the very kind of same kind of feel to it. And, and I want to say, I, I think, I guess the part that, um, worried me about this game was how many times we were bunkering or you know trying to be on the counter but how many times we gave up the ball and then we were caught unawares on those counters you know the the first goal that vela it's uh, met near with a poor pass that um trap should have done way better to to know that someone was behind him and and block um and then they're on the break and vela has an amazing finish just right past um uh, Tyler Miller's earlobe, and um, and then you know that that was a problem, but there, that was like one of seven counter attacks that that could have right. turned into something in that first half. Do, do you um, would you prefer that Abasi take down Vela for the PK in that situation? No, because I think that Vela, I, I think Tyler did decently well there, right? Like he makes his body. I, I disagree on that part. You yeah. think he could have done what? What could he have done? Please tell me. Well. Well, he we've talked about how like when the ball's in front of him or being shot, like he's a good shot blocker, right? He's he decision making when coming out to get the ball on a on a set piece in a corner, um, that is always not his strong game. Uh, and as well as coming out to cut off an angle, like specifically, sometimes I, I when I watch him come out, I think he's waiting for like the flag, so he checks the flag before he runs if there's a flag or not, and I think. In this situation, like, if you got a 1v1, uh, almost a 1v1, what you want your keeper to do is just come out. Yeah. 
like come out and 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 contest a shot and he hesitated and in that hesitation is where the ball was chipped in between his arms kind of like cuz if he would have come up with his arms up or higher up he he would have he would have at least deflected that ball i believe but i just think that he needs to be better in the aspect of of when he comes out to contest ball either you come out or you don't and i think when we go into the second game, we saw that he didn't. The second game for the Dahomey goal, he didn't yeah, the first out, yeah. goal. Yeah, I, I I can I can dig that as well. I'm I'm not sure I would. I still think it was uh, a, a very good finish, and that um, you know most strikers um, would have been taken care of in that chance. But the fact is, it was against Vela. Um, the, right. the bigger thing is, you know, the, the amount of chances that they should have finished, you know, we can look yeah. at one specific moment, but there, there were too many of those. And right. the second goal we gave up was, sorry. Step piece. Yeah. No, I was just going to say that, 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 that Vela goal was because of an interception in our, in our, in our half. Yeah. Right. I mean, Cifuentes gets the ball and then just puts a through ball yeah. right to Vela, steps into the ball. And so like, we were, we were too too uh, eager to just get tacky tacky passes and not use the the width of the field or the length of the field to be able to make to be able to stretch that midfield and their defense out that we we were just concerned of playing kind of like LAFC and if you don't I mean if you can't sustain the way that LAFC plays you're going to lose out so well, the, the, and this is the thing where when we see this 433 lineup we kind of assume that it's going to be a little bit of not a not a full low block encounter, but it is definitely going to bunker a little bit more encounter. But the thing that that I think that we, I've, we've seen in the LF, LAFC game and we've also seen in the Vancouver game is when we do start that, we, we kind of we don't know exactly when to make that switch between the kind of the high line pressing system versus the bunker encounter, and I think that's where that confusion is where you see some of those turnovers. Like we talk about that, that Carlos Vela goal where it's Roman Metinier instead of, you know, he's trying to release that counter, but he's also then our entire back line is playing almost all the way up to the halfway line to, you know, in midfield and everybody just gets caught out and you can't do that when you do a true bunker encounter, somebody has got to stay home. And I think there's, it's it's this what identity are we actually going for and what triggers the shift in that identity from bunker encounter to a high line high press system no yeah exactly and another thing that stuck out to me too is that um in the two previous prior to the LAFC matches uh, against Portland and Seattle um our substitutes were game changers and totally changed the flow of the match to in our favor um I felt like the LAFC match, the result was in spite of uh, Adrian Heath's in-game management and not because of, because it seemed like it's, like when he brought on Ozzy and did that whole thing again, he totally signaled that we were ready to prepare for the draw, for the 1-1 draw. And then when LAFC scored, all of a sudden we have no attackers on the field to even it up. And we got lucky that we did even it up but we should not have done that. Like it was, it was just terrible. Like the signaling of like, oh, I'm ready to settle for a draw. We're gonna hang back and bunker and do all that. And all of a sudden, you're like, and here goes LAFC just attacking the crap out of us. And it, it's just so frustrating. Like I would much prefer to see our team do the thing where like you sub out the wings and you press and you keep the ball in their half of the field 
And that's how you close out the match as opposed to trying to like the whole, whole bunker down, put Ozzy in as the pseudo fifth defender and do all that. Like it just has not worked for us whatsoever. Yeah. And, and Ozzy wasn't particularly good when he came in, but Rodrigo, do you want to? Yeah, no, I just, to me, like what was really frustrating about this whole thing and Mark touched it on a lot. And I just want to add a little bit more is, 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 Knowing that LAFC is an offensive powerhouse that can literally take them ten seconds to score a goal with with the personnel that they have, why would you choose to not bring in like for like substitutions to keep the pressure on and keeping the midfield midfield and stretching the midfield and making them making them plays honest instead of deciding to go for a tie and giving them an additional one-third more space to be able to create whatever they can do. And just like Mark pointed out, that's that's what happens. Like you don't want to you, you don't want to give LAFC any more space. You want to be able to take up their space. So I want to finish this game on a couple notes, which is that um the the second goal we gave up was a corner kick goal, um a, a classic um need to rethink the iron skillet goal, uh, which is that DJ Taylor is there. We're doing a zone marking system. DJ Taylor is in the middle of four LAFC players. So little old high school DJ, DJ Taylor, um, DJ Jazzy Taylor, um, DJ Tanner. I was like, like, Oh, that seems like a full house. Uh, DJ Tanner. Uh, Anyway, DJ Tanner is in the middle of these four LAFC players. And, he just gets like completely bypassed, and then Tyler Blackman uh, jumps up and heads the ball in, and it's like uh, I don't think that plan is working there, guys. So it's it's like it's like the same stuff that we saw against Seattle, where we leave Rui Diaz completely unmarked on the far post. Yeah, with this zone and working thing, like teams are recognizing that they can just overload that because we're just not apparently not enough teams are recognizing it because uh, yeah but yeah that's true but i, I want to say a final note I, I will say mark in this game that um gregush gets the the uh game winning or game tying assist and it comes from you know, i talked about how we look tired metonier look tired other players for lafc like cifuentes look tired as well and gregush runs past him and cifuentes just like gives up he's like fuck it come on there's like 30 seconds left i got I got a date tonight. I gotta go watch. Uh, I gotta go watch <laughs> I, Love, I Love Island. For, and uh, I feel bad for Edwards. I really do, because Edwards is the one that would, that if he would have gone full blast speed, he would have he would have contested Gregush's shot or cross, right? And he just kind of just joggly walks. And I think that the whole sequence of the goal, like caught on video, is hilarious for so many reasons, right? Because Gregush. And, and maybe the the theme for this game is just will it to existence, right? You will it to existence, right? Like the first goal, uh, the first goal, Reynoso literally falling down, will that goal to existence, mm-hmm. right? And then the second goal, and the second goal, it was like you know, Gregush will that cross as much as he could, and um, thank God that uh, um, Coleman missed a the header, therefore taking out taking out that center back and having. And having um, Dotson do that wonderful volley into it, so it's just one of those things. But if you watch that goal sequence, like you see Cifuentes after the goal, super upset, throwing his hands up in the air and punching the air, and then you see a bunch of like uh, 
LAFC fans like standing up and trying to celebrate like it's gonna be shot or it's gonna it's not gonna go wide and it's gonna go wide and that just that that's just gold. Let's let's move on to Vancouver. Um, I don't want to um, belabor any of this too much. It's also a two-two draw, um, one that felt definitely stolen from us. Um, the the we talked a little bit about the Dahomey goal. Um, for Tyler Miller not coming out, this is the 36th minute. This is the the opener for Vancouver, and this is Bentonier in the center of the pitch gives up the ball and just jogs back. Just I think that this has been a case every year, and it is a case for not just us under Heath. Every team has certain amount of this, but there are players who are, um, whether they're not feeling motivated or they're just gassed. However, it is. Um, you're starting to really see that right now. And um, now is when we need to start getting those players out of that. You know, Heath has started to bench people and things like that. So anyway, um, we we do have then the second goal, which was really good circulation. We were much better in this game, obviously, because we were up against Vancouver, not LAFC, much better at possession. Um, Reynoso... Uh, does a fantastic pass to Ethan Finley, who has a fantastic finish, his first goal of the season. So it's good to see him back in a bar band, baby. And um, yeah, I don't do, do other things about this game that, that you guys want to hit on. Um, yeah, I mean, we got, we got very lucky in the scheduling aspect of it in that how Vancouver had been tr- like training in Vancouver and then hadn't quite like they hadn't quite signed all the documents from the Canadian government to have teams come to Vancouver yet, so they still had to travel. So like we somehow got like basically an extra road game for Vancouver out of the blue, which is nice for us. And it kind of and that's what it felt like. It, like Vancouver looked like they were playing on the road, and we looked like we were playing on the road, but slightly better than Vancouver, which was nice. Um, but yeah, that's I mean the whole. It's just well, well Vancouver kind of, were very sloppy, and we we yeah. were sloppy as well. But like you know, and that came in our second goal, which was Trap gets to the ball, intercepts it, easy pass to Lude, easy finish from Lude, far post. Um, there was there was a lot of sloppiness in this game, and and Vancouver, I think that we, um, we it paid off for us. Um, uh, until the end when, you know, there, there's debate about the the PK call of whether uh, you know. Ethan was was sloppy when he gave up the PK, but yeah, I I mean that was a tough foul on that that Ethan Finley had to endure. Yeah, yeah, um, it was very weird. Like, and it's really funny. Like, I went on uh just because of I was angry and on Twitter, and so like, I went to like Vancouver's like Twitter feed to like argue with somebody, mm-hmm. and there was nobody <laughs> from Vancouver Who showed up even, drunk, like, just ready defend- to do ready yeah, to like, fight. I like I you know. I switched to like just straight like barrel proof bourbon like yeah. by the 80th minute and then it, it just went from there and so and then it was a later game and so I went to the argue on Twitter and like everyone's like oh that was a very bad call like yeah, yeah. if I was Minnesota I feel very upset right now I was like you guys are too kind like I, yeah. I I don't I can't even engage with you right now like I should I'm just gonna go to bed yeah I mean it was it was unfortunate for what it was but like overall like yes. You know, we stole a tie from LAFC, and yeah. in return, they someone stole a, stole Karma a tie. Man. That's how it happens. Yeah, it's 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 
you still get a point, right? I mean, the whole thing is we didn't want to, we don't want to be losing, and we want to be able to get as much points as we are. Specifically, the way the standings are, right? I mean, if you look at the standings, you know, uh, currently I think we're in um, we're in sixth place, and LAFC is right above us, right? We're like literally tied with LAFC with points. So like between sixth and third, you know, sixth and fourth is like literally like three points, you know. Three, four points. Yeah. But the big disappointing part is that if you don't get wins on the road to the second worst team in the Western Conference, you're going to need to get wins on the road against somebody and they're going to be better than that team. And that's the missed opportunity in this. And that's why dropping two points because of the officiating just kind of sucks a lot. Anytime we have to talk about the officiating, and, and again, I'm pretty zen most of the time, uh, except for when I'm at the stadium. But uh, it sucks. It, it was really stupid. It, it just it makes you feel like, why did we do that thing? And it, it sucks to see the players who really did, I think, play a, a much better game, pretty decent. Um, uh, it, it sucks for them too. Um, let's let's uh, move on though. I don't think that game has much to teach us, which is why I'm not <laughs> belaboring it. Um, this weekend is the Dylan Wolpers Derby against Houston Woo-hoo. Dynamo. Um, Dinamo Houston, as I call them, because I'm, a, I'm an originalist. Um, it's Saturday, 7 p.m. It is a home game. Venezuelan food truck at the bar. Oh, that's um, so good. I haven't tried the arepas yet. I've only tried the Venezuelan burger, which is amazing. Um, yeah, I, so, I tried their little, what is it called, piñata or whatever. It, it's like it's like a sambusa, but with really stuff, really, really great cheesy stuff inside. I don't know. Have Mark pronounce it first, and then I'll, I'll know. <laughs> Fuck you! <laughs> How was it? How was it though? It was like a sambusa, and it's like it was good. Yeah, it was. It was. Yeah. It was good. I mean, like I liked it, and and I was like, oh, this is really cheesy, and you know, it's, just call it a pierogi and see what they say. Yeah, uh, the Venezuelan Y'all got them pierogi. pierogis, those cheesy pierogis. Hey, pierogis yeah. are very good. Yes, yeah. I, I dare you to say that to a Venezuelan to their face. Like, go ahead, I want to see what the reaction is. On yeah, that one. yeah. Well, we'll have a face afterward. Um, so midweek they play Austin at Austin. They have drawn seven of their last eight games. Their last win was May twenty second against or at Vancouver. So um, and also they're second to last in the league in scoring. The yeah. only team they're they're outscoring right now is Inter Miami. Yeah, that's because they keep selling <laughs> all of their goal scores. Um, Inter Miami are, are a totally different story for just sucking for amazing reasons. So let's take a break. We will come back and uh, we got a little finish off with some questions. Final stretch on the 55-1 podcast. Let's go to some Twitter questions. Austin Herman says, what would your ideal intra-league trade be for the Loons before the close of this transfer window? Anyone have any uh, good players? Who I, uh, I guess we always talk about uh, Greg Ush is definitely there for, for option to be sent out as long as we pick up his option on his contract. So, but. Yeah, I'd say... Um... Greg to Dallas for Matt Hedges. Um, fill the center back, you know, fill the Ike Opara thing. I mean, hey, maybe we can trade Ike Opara to somebody. Maybe they'll take him and see what happens. Preemptively trade him to Charlotte. 
Oh, we should trade him to Charlotte just for like uh, a bunch of gam because they have so much of it anyways. It's just like re, re, flowing out of their butts. I, I, <laughs> I mean, Hedges is 31 and, you know, we are old in our center backs. I think Hedges is a fantastic uh, center back. I I would I would think not in the same conference would be more likely. So I would be looking at like a Jacob Glesness from Philly swapping with Grey Goosh. Uh, one, because Jacob Gl- Glesness hits those rockets from like 70 yards out yeah. and hits the top corner. Uh, so that's already part of Grey Goosh's game that we would retain. And he'd be, uh, you know, some defensive reinforcements. I mean, additionally, I mean, Miami, they're going to have to retool their entire roster. So just like pick someone you want to be like, yeah, just give us some cap space. Please take them, whatever. We'll take whatever. It doesn't matter. So maybe if there's somebody from Miami we want, we could probably get them for next to nothing. All right. How about, how about, you know, that Atlanta is a shit show right now. So why don't we take Gregoosh in one chope uh, and we get Miles Robinson? Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, this is I this mean, is ideal. This is can, ideal yeah, situation. Yeah, you can, uh, you can <laughs> we'll trade you a guy that's on loan that we don't actually have the rights for. Exactly. <laughs> he's like he's like, hey, he likes Miami. I'm sure he'll love and Atlanta. Then one, and then one should hope he just Kaiser Soze's out of Atlanta. And just <laughs> <laughs> Alex Hintz uh, uh, says, what Olympic sport would each loon be best at other than soccer? I think Gregoosh would be really good at um is it the biathlon in the winter where you do the you do like the cross country skiing and then you shoot the gun? And shoot, oh, I think shooting, so. yeah. That's a, no, yeah. I, I think Gregor should be good at the um, what is the um, the arrow, the bow and arrow. What is that called? Oh, the archery? javelin, Arch- archery. Yeah, thank you. Because like it's it's like he's got to put it all back, and if you're taller, like it really makes it. And like yeah, I think he'd be great at that. Okay, I'm and st- it's like a it's it's like a Northern European type of thing to do. I'm sticking. No, no, no. Actually, what it is is Michael Boxel is the fourth man, the guy in the very back of the four man bobsled team. Like oh. he is just gonna be pushing that bobsled, getting it down, and he's just like curl, curled up in a ball at the very end. But so so we're switching between just Olympics overall, right? I mean, not not like winter and summer Olympics, right? Yeah, no, no. Who would be yeah. best at um, synchronized diving? Because that's one of my favorites that I've discovered, not discovered, but just re- remembered exists. Diving. And then Reynoso. You, what about Jacori and, and Hassani together? They got they got similar frames, you know. And, the, and it would be to the uh, the Dirty Dancing soundtrack. <laughs> no, 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 I mean not a loon, but you know the best synchronized. You know, there's no music in synchronized <laughs> synchronized <laughs> diving. You're just you're just diving, but okay. I feel uh, like Michael Boxel would be like a swimmer. Like he's got that tall lean. Yeah, he's got the tall frame. Wait, 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 no, no, no. The best diver is going to be Thomas Chacon. Mm. <laughs> That's he good. has the whole diver body. He's he's perfect. I feel like just um, zero resistance. Uh huh. Just got. I mean, he'd have to cut his hair because I mean that alone would cause too much of a splash. Just Roma- wrap in the water. Just if yeah. it's wet, just just like imagine just the fluffiness of it. Tommy, you know that Tommy Chacon would would definitely be like in the skateboarding competition now. Yeah, Probably, yeah, <laughs> totally. I think I think he either do that or beach volleyball. Yeah, he so has no. He's way no, too short for. He can't even get up to the top of the net. Yeah, you never see him he jump. Sits, he sits hops. at the back. He does. He does all the serves. But can you imagine Tommy Chacon with like a pair of Vans and like original Jinkos that he bought for like six thousand dollars on look, eBay? Look, imagine this, right? He's got one of those like you know uh, beach 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 type uh, uh, 
strappy shirts on, right? Like the one that's the old school, like 80, 90s, 80s. Yeah. Well, the ones that ones. like are too thin. He's got a visor. He's got a visor, so he's so his, so his hair can flow outside. And he's got the the he's, Oakley sunglasses, and he's got like the perfect tan with black shorts. Sure, you got but, it right there. But baby. he's like five foot one. You can't play beach volleyball when you're tiny. That's, right. That's what I'm saying. I'm saying all that matters is if you can jump. We don't. He know just if plays kids. Yet. He only plays kids in the like youth Olympics. I don't think he can jump that high. That would be okay. Well, let's say say. Um, uh, Paul, I can't say your last name. Don't want to butcher it, so I'll, I'll just uh, say Paul says, "What's your favorite wildfire smoke flavor?" Um, it's uh, it's it's been a bad week for uh, for staying. See, I'm a big Colorado stuff. guy. I like the Aspen. That's mm, really interesting. Yeah. Um, he says, uh, um, "Actually, if the rumor mill of 2020, so it is Jan's last year, Jan's last year. Sorry." Oh, it's, there Jan. it is. There it is. I'm hey to, Jan! Look, when I've got this podcast on my fucking shoulders and having to uh, having to carry it the whole time and read the script, uh, I get to uh, misread things with my dyslexia. Jan, uh, it's the last year with the club, so he wants to know if the Loons make another move for a, a central defensive midfielder. Do we finally give Jacory decent time in games and spend that Gregoosh money on center back? I think. I think they have to sign a center back and they have to sign a central midfielder, right? I mean, we also need to sign a, somebody at left back to provide cover right. for, like, I think th- there's, right a, there's a cut. Yeah, there's a, it's it's very clear that I don't think we're going to take Jan's, I'm going to call him Jan. You know what? I got your back. Uh, Jan's um, Johnny Grey Goose, option. Johnny J- Grey Goose. Um, but do we spend it this year, or do we put it in the bank for the 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 winter train after the after the season? I don't know, and I don't know that we'll be able to get a deal done in this window for him. So, what's the best use of that money? Is it is it short term reinforcements, or is it actually go out <clears throat> and figure out who who would be our another our our center midfielder, whether it's yeah. defensive or not? I don't I don't know what the answer is. I think we need to go like I also I don't see him leaving this transfer window by Thursday mainly because he's still a DP. He's still like what team is going to take that on and, and if they right. want to if they are if they, you know they have 3 DPs they're going to have to buy him down with Tam like I don't see any interleague take interleague trade taking that on and I don't Come see Come on into Miami. Maybe, yeah. but I also don't see like you know we're not going to figure out an international tr- like transfer for him in the next like three days. Do, so do, do you think he stays in the MLS or does he go back? To- no, I think, oh, I think I, he'll, I think he'll stay in MLS. Like, yeah. I just think we won't pick up his option, and then he'll go. He'll. I could see him definitely getting a TAM deal from somebody somewhere. Like definitely not a DP deal, but like I mean, I think him, he's gone. I, think oh, he's I would. I would think. think I would think he's. I would think he's jumping back across the pond. I don't like, see where he's going to play, though. But I mean, but for us, like going forward, like the nice thing is that, like, by not picking up his option, it opens up a DP spot for us, which we should for sure use on a young DP because then that opens up the young, mo- the three young money spots that we can actually use. Young money, and then also Tommy Chacon isn't doesn't count as a DP because he's just a young money spot, and so I and as far as what we should do with that young DP spot, like I would see it as the one of the best options would be finding, you know, a 
21-year-old, 22-year-old. Uh, How about a 20-year-old uh, defensive, Uruguayan? Defensive midfielder. Like, oh. I would want someone that can come in and work under, like, come in every now and then to replace Trap as the person that replaces uh, Ozzy. Someone who is going to be our sub coming in, can get the minutes, can get the time, and then can come in and start to contribute. Because, I mean, uh, Trap's 27, 28, whatever he is. Uh, and it'd be great to have a young guy who would come in and be like the kind of protege to that and build in and then kind of be that person going forward to have that spot just hunkered down because of how important it is. Specifically, when you're doing the um, 4 2 3 1, like you need a solid number six and having investing in that would be a very good thing for Minnesota United. What we need is invest that money in a time machine so we can do Looper and bring back young Ozzy Alonso to kill old Ozzy Alonso. And now we've got him for ten years locked up, locking up. Or what if we brought in young? Uh, God, what was his name? Was it Frank Bob Bob? What was his? What Fernando was that guy? Bob? Fernando Bob. Fernando, Fernando Bob. Bob. What if we got young Fernando Bob and brought him in? I mean, the question is: Is is his forehead bigger or smaller? Or old Maximiano? Maybe he's good now. So, uh, final questions here. We've got. Um, Iowa Loons wants to know what's your current favorite beer on tap at the Blackheart. And uh, we don't currently have Bang's Tifo Italian Pills, which uh, we've got their Lil's IPA. Um, the Lil's was good when I was there. When we good. were recording there it's last just, week. I just love Pilsner way more. Um, so I'm going to just go with Sweetland Orchard, their uh, cherry rhubarb cider. I mean, I'm going to put it out here. I was a little bit disappointed that um, Bad Weather Hopcromancer was not on the list anymore. Yeah, well, that's, we, my, we just, that's my favorite. We rotate our our ipas man i know um and then we've got a few more questions here which are eric mccabe says what would be the best way to convince pro referees to know to not you know suck oh what you need to do is uh instead of doing those like youtube videos where they talk about how their refs messed up and they're like like yeah they messed up this is what it should have been instead the referee that messed up has to do a bare bottom smack bottom video where Mm. like he just has to like bend down and like everyone's just giving him smack bottoms the whole time. And then that's what happens when you mess up. Were you in a frat in college? No, I hated frats actually. (laughs) Interesting. Quite a bit. I I actually got in trouble because I went to a frat party at the U and I got caught peeing in their washing machine. Hmm. Interesting. Mean. I love that. I mean, the bad. He was a hell of a drug man. I, I mean, the, who who can control themselves when you're, uh, you're like, just drinking like a, when you're 22 and drinking a lot of tequila? It's like that. They're the bad ones in this situation here that you're presenting. <laughs> Nick Schaub I'm, says 85 with a dew point of 70 or negative 10 with a wind chill of 20 below. Anyone going to take uh, any of those? 80, 80, I'll take the 85 with dew point of 70. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I'll just stay inside and like enjoy the AC. That's oh, fine. for a match. For a match, though, is this for a match? No, no this is, this is, you, just you says, can't play a match in ten below or twenty. That's right. <laughs> Not trying hard enough. <laughs> I, I will say I hate hot weather, but um. But 85 with dew point of 70 is not hellish enough. Negative uh, 10 right. with a wind chill of 20. No, below like is... 95 with a high dew point plus a smoke yeah. advisory. Now that's something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the worst. Oh, and, I mean, or 95 at 8 a.m. with sunny weather. Yeah. After that, a rainstorm. A I mean, I yeah. spent summers as a kid in Shreveport, Louisiana. And let me tell you, uh, I, I love Minnesota winters. So, all right, kids, let's uh, let's be done with this. Uh, thank you, everyone. We'll see you Saturday uh, at the game and uh, or we won't see you and, and, and we'll just dream of you. 
Uh, anyway, you're beautiful, you're sexy, and everyone loves you. <laughs>